Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I help the survivors of toxic people make sense of their experiences, learn to dream again, and make those dreams a reality. Today on the podcast, we are talking about why being an overachieving survivor can slow down the healing process. So what I'm talking about here is an overachieving survivor, right? These, these are the, the folks uh, who, you know, we, we have toxic people in our lives. Maybe we had toxic parents and we, one of our coping mechanisms, one of the ways we dealt with all of that chaos, all of that hard stuff in our lives, really overwhelming and difficult emotions is we threw ourselves into school or into work or into making money or into having the best family possible, right? Whatever, whatever kind of focus you had, um, you know, your as an overachiever um, who with a survivor background, you were kind of driven to really stay focused, put your head down, and work clearly towards some big goal. Now there's nothing, nothing wrong with being an overachiever. I mean, I, I consider myself in the same camp, right? So I, I was a kid who dealt with my toxic parents by throwing myself full heartedly into my schoolwork. I loved school. I, I mean, that's how I would have talked about it at the time. Like now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I was, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of the kind of emotional support that I wanted and I felt safer at school. And that's one reason I perceived myself to really like school. I think for me, I, I did enjoy learning. And that's one reason as an adult, like I, I went all the way to the PhD level. But that wasn't, I think, originally where this was coming from. I think I was trying, I was trying really hard to find something I could be good at, something that felt safe and it felt productive um, because I was I was in this world of chaos, right? I, my my mother was extremely negligent. She was not she was not there for me. Um, my father was there for me at different points, but there was always kind of an agenda, and it was complicated. So I I had a lot of stuff I wanted to escape. I really did as a kid. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the tools to face this sort of stuff. So I escaped to school. And, uh, you know, that's not, a, that's not an inherently bad thing. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Like that of all the things I could have picked up, right. Um, focusing on school is, is, you know, one of those things that society certainly says like, yes, that's a great thing to do. Right. And I do think that there are some authentic benefits to doing that. However, <laughs> right, you get all this societal pressure that, you know, oh, it's so great that you're, you know, you're getting straight A's in school, which I didn't always do that. Um, always got a bad grade in PE. <laughs> I, was, I was not good at PE as a, as a student. Um, but thank goodness in high school, I did marching band, so I didn't have to take PE. <laughs> but anyways, I digress, right? So this overachieving energy, right, as a survivor is, is you know, you're the kind of survivor that has really, you know, you've got some big points on your resume or you've like really invested in, in having a really powerful family unit, right? Whatever, whatever your idea of success was, right? Like maybe for you as a, when you were a kid and you were dealing with toxic people, maybe you guys had a lot of financial insecurity. And now as an overachieving survivor, you have like aggressively pursued financial security, 
right? Like you've got, you've got your 401k, you've got like everything figured out financially. And part of that is a reaction to um, the, the negative stuff that happened when you were a kid. Like I said, nothing wrong with that. This is a really natural reaction, I think, for, for us survivors. You know, if, if we're the kind of folks who are, who are able to stay focused and pursue a kind of goal like this amongst the chaos, right? Um, it's, this is a natural response if, that, if that's where you are as a survivor or where you were earlier on your journey. So there's a lot of good things about being an overachieving a survivor, right? In the end, I got a PhD. If you have like your 401k set, I mean, that's, that's a wonderful thing, right? If you've got your retirement all figured out, like th those are, those are great things. There's a lot of good here, but it's not all glitz and glamour, right? Being an overachieving survivor has some significant challenges. And that's really what I want to talk about today. Right. How this, you know, this generally good thing about us where we can sit there and we can focus and we can kind of tune out the chaos and we can at least make progress on this one thing to help us get through. There, there are some negatives that come along with that territory. Okay. So I want to take a moment and really talk about those and talk a little bit about what we can do. You know, once we're at the point where we kind of, we've identified in ourselves, we have this tendency to maybe compensate for some of the chaos in our life through achieving these goals, right? I want to talk about how we can, how we can not get too trapped in this cycle of achievement um, at the cost of the healing process. On my view, it is wonderful to achieve things, but if the process of achieving them is costing you your mental peace, or it is threatening um, your ability to set boundaries, or if it is causing you a lot of distress because there's some stuff that you haven't worked out in your own heart and in your own in your own mind. Um, we need to we need to think real hard about why we're trying to achieve that stuff. Sometimes, and this is this might be painful if you if you are this overachieving survivor, right? Sometimes, even though society says like, hey, it's so great that you're doing really good at money. Oh, it's so great that you're doing really good at school. Oh, it's so great that you're climbing the corporate ladder, right? Sometimes, like so many moments on the survivor journey, we need to set down those societal messages and say like, okay, I know that people in this case say that these are great things, but does that really make sense for me on my healing journey right now? Okay, so... I want to talk about maybe maybe some of the reasons this this isn't serving you as a survivor. This really goal focus, this overachieving tendency. So you know, one of the reasons um, this tendency to really aggressively pursue goals may not be serving us is it really can like serve as an escape. Right now, you you guys know if you've listened to the podcast before, I I'm a fan of escape. I, nothing wrong with some good escaping. Okay, like that is part of what it means to be a survivor, a healthy survivor, moving towards thriving survivor. We need to look at the darkness and then we need to take a break. Right, we do need those little opportunities to escape and get some mental space from that. However. There is a way we can lean too hard into escape. 
right? So if we are pushing ourselves to achieve these goals so aggressively, so intensively that we never have the mental space or energy to take a look at the darkness, we might be doing ourselves a disservice. Okay, we, we need that balance. We need to look at the hard stuff. We need to explore the difficult feelings that we're having. We need to be curious about the decisions that we're making. We need to be mindful of how we might be interacting with toxic people in our current environments, right? We, we need to do that work as survivors. That is a lifelong task. That is something that we all signed up for, whether we wanted to or not when we were abused by toxic people. So if our goal achievement activities, right, if we're pursuing our degree so aggressively that we never have a moment to stop and be like, hey, who am I right now? What's going on with me? Like, why do I feel this anxiety? If we never have those pauses, um, we are ultimately not helping ourselves uh, reach that state of thriving survivor, right? When we talk about thriving survivor, like the thriving survivor probably is financially sound in a perfect world. They probably have some a satisfying career, right? They have these things. But at the core, what defines the thriving survivor is that they feel good. They feel good about their their life choices. They feel um, capable of reflecting on the past. They feel good about where they're headed in the future. They have a clear or relatively clear vision of what they want. They feel good that that vision is their own, right? That vision is not created by and serving the toxic people, right? That's, that's where we want to be, right? We want to be in this kind of peaceful state where we can, we can look back, we can look forward, we can explore the present, and we don't, we don't have a lot of this, this pressure. If we are pursuing our goals so aggressively, so intensively that we never have the space to look backward, uh, that's, that's not going to take us to thriving survivor, right? That's going to slow down our journey because thriving survivor has that capability of flipping between being backwards facing, forward facing, thoroughly exploring the present. So this, this escape, while it can be good, and I'm not saying don't achieve your goals or something like that, right? I'm not saying that, right? But we need to be mindful of what kind of energy are we bringing to our goal pursuing activities, right? Are you pursuing that corporate ladder? Are you climbing that at the expense of you having 15 minutes in your day where you can just check in with yourself and see how you're feeling and have a little think about who you are and where you've been? Are you, are you pursuing that degree so that you don't you're too mentally exhausted to even consider what what happened to you six years ago that's still making you feel kind of weird today. I mean, that's certainly something I did. Right? Like, I actually think I studied philosophy. Right? That's my that's my PhD. It's in philosophy. I, I think one of the reasons I studied it is because it it makes you really mentally exhausted. It is really cognitively demanding. And I had some kind of bad habits from working or living with toxic people for so long where I, I had these tendencies to create chaos in my life, 
Um, whenever it was calm, that, that scared me. So I would try to create chaos. Um, I would get into fights with people when I was feeling like things were too quiet and that made me insecure, right? I had all of these, these negative things that I was creating in my life. And when I studied philosophy, when I showed up and, you know, I'm reading Socrates or I'm, I'm writing a premise conclusion form argument, I was too dang tired to even begin doing that kind of chaotic creation stuff, right? I was also too tired to think about like, hey, you know, what's going on? Why, why do you have that tendencies? Like, what's, is there something from your past that maybe needs to heal? I think for a lot of my academic career, I was not, not as reflective as I would have hoped for myself because I was, I picked a thing in part because it made me too tired to do that work. I was literally escaping from that work. I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to think really hard about how my father was still actively abusing me. I didn't want to think too hard about how unjust it was that as a child, my mother basically abandoned me. I didn't want to think about it. So I picked a thing that made it impossible for me to think about it because I was too tired. All right. So that's the kind of escapism that we want to be curious about. We want to be mindful and see like, okay, what, what are the reasons I'm showing up so hard for this thing? Is that coming from a place where like, I really just want this thing and this is what's really going to fulfill me? Or is that coming from a place of, I don't want to think about toxic people. I don't want to deal with this other thing. If you are interested in long-term healing, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you, you are interested in that. Um, that kind of strategy is not going to serve you in the long run. So we want to be real curious when we find ourselves deep diving into the goals like that to, to check in and try to figure out what's my motivation for pursuing this so intensively. So we're going to hear a, a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the environments that uh, these overachieving survivors might find themselves in and what this means kind of for our long-term vision. So I'll be back in a moment. So one of the things that's tricky for the overachieving survivor is a lot of the, the goals that we identify, the things that we want to pursue, you know, they, they often end up being attractive to us in part because of some of the unhealed things that we were dealing with in toxic spaces. So you know, we get these society level messages as the overachieving survivor that it is so good. It is excellent to be climbing the corporate ladder. It is excellent to be seeking out a degree. It is excellent to, you know, build the the most beautiful family that you could that you could envision. We get all of these messages that you are doing a good thing, that this is wonderful. But there's a lot of, there's a lot in the details about like, well, how, like, what degree are you going to seek? What kind of corporate job are you going to have? What kind of partner are you going to have if you're building a family, right? And what, what will happen to us as the overachieving survivors, we're so focused on the goal, right? We, we may not pay attention to some of the underlying reasons we might be attracted to pursuing one version of achieving that goal versus the other. So as the overachieving survivor, we, we might seek out goals and 
environments, right, the, the environment we need in order to achieve that goal, they might look good from the outside, right? Like maybe in, in, your, in your space, you want to work in a corporate environment and you pick working in a tech company. Tech companies are like very trendy, right? This is everyone's involved in technology right now. From the outside, that looks amazing. That looks like, okay, you're going to work for, for Google or Apple, right? Like it, it feels like it's got this really nice kind of name brand feeling to it. But what might happen is the path that we're pursuing there might be attractive to us. You know, when we get in there and we start churning, we start trying to pursue these goals, it might feel comfortable or attractive or pleasant because of our background in toxicity. You know, toxicity is, of course, it's bad, right? You know, of course, toxicity is bad. But when you were raised in a home that had a lot of toxicity or you've had a, a partner, a long-term partner who was toxic, even though toxicity is bad and you might intellectually know that, it's still going to feel familiar to you. It's still going to feel comfortable in certain ways. So when you're doing your goal pursuing, right, you might be attracted to a particular, working in a particular office environment or working in a particular field that feels comfortable, feels like home. But because we're likely as the goal-focused survivor, or at least we're at risk as the goal-focused survivor, to not have taken that moment to step back and be like, wait a second, why does this feel comfortable? Wait a second, why is this, why does this feel like home to me? We probably haven't taken that step back because we're just excited that we're making progress on the goals. Right. We're just feeling really good about like, OK, great. I got this job in this office and that's really cool. And, I'm, you know, I'm just going to stay here so that I can get to the next level. Right. We get we get kind of stuck in in our tunnel vision on the goal and we don't step back and notice that maybe some of the details of how we're pursuing this goal feel good because of our background in navigating toxic people right? Maybe there's some unhealed part of us that's really attracted to, to these spaces because, you know, as much as we know it wasn't great that mom was abusive to us, you know, it's, that's what we're used to. And like, we have this, this woman who's our supervisor and she's abusive in a similar way. And like, that's kind of crappy, but it feels, it feels good too, right? Like, it's like the devil that you know is better than the one that you don't. And we as overachieving survivors might be falling into those patterns without noticing it, right? Because we're so focused on our goal. We're not taking that time to think and reflect. We're not taking that time to really be curious about what's motivating our choices. So we end up in toxic workplaces. So we end up pursuing something that causes us to develop a lot of habits that really don't serve us, that don't make space for self-care, that don't make space for self-reflection, right? This is, this is definitely my story. So I guess, I guess I should tell you today's episode is really just Louise reflecting on her own career. <laughs> 
right? This is not so true now that I work with the survivors of toxic people. This is, I love working with y'all. Um, this is a very satisfying part of my career. But the, the career path I was on up until a few years ago was to become a professor of philosophy. And um, oh man, there's a lot of things about academia and university system that's toxic. And I did not realize until I gave myself permission to stop pursuing the professorship goal, right? It wasn't until I said, it's okay, we don't have to keep doing that. We don't have to keep pursuing that goal. I stepped back and I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much about academic work that felt like home to me because it reminded me of my toxic father and like some of the toxic aspects of my father right? Like some of the, the specifically problematic things about him were prevalent in academia. They were just normal, normalized. I mean, it's probably not news if you know very much about the university system that it's a place where narcissists thrive. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. It's normalized behavior. Gaslighting is pretty typical, right? And I didn't, I had no perception until I actually gave myself permission to stop pursuing the goal like I, I was totally unaware that I was in this space because it reminded me of my dad. And that pause really helped me to be like, whoa, like I, how did I get this deep in? Right. Cause then by then I'm ten, like 10 years into, you know, studying at university. It took me that long to take that, that pause and really be like, Hey, this was probably never good for me. This was probably a problem since the beginning. And I never, I, I never took a breath to even consider it. I was too busy checking the boxes and achieving those, you know, those outcomes that I was supposed to have, right? Doing my degree requirements. I never took that pause. And I don't think I'm unusual in that. I think for those of us that are driven to check the boxes, to get the thing done, to get the prize at the end, we will often fall into these spaces that are really not good for us. They really don't serve us and our survivor identity. And we, we get really wrapped up into it and we make long-term commitments based on it. And that can really challenge our healing process. So, you know, there's a, there's some big, there's some big challenges here as the overachieving survivor. One of the, one of the things that really is difficult is we tend to be a little bit out of touch with what we really want or need, right? Maybe the specific goals that you identified early on in your life um, that you wanted to pursue, maybe that kind of goal was actually influenced by the toxic people in your life, right? Maybe, you know, your goal is kind of what your, your mom's goal in life was, right? Maybe we don't like very explicitly think of it that way, but the, those toxic people early on, they're very influential. So, we might have accidentally adopted a goal or a vision of the future that's not really ours, right? That that hap I mean, that happens to people who aren't even dealing with toxic people, right? That's that's a that's a way that people kind of get challenged when they they hit the middle of their lives and they realize they they've been pursuing something that wasn't even of interest to them. But as survivors, this is particularly challenging because the whole experience of being abused encourages you to be out of touch with your own wants and needs, right? We're so busy prioritizing the needs and prioritizing centering toxic people that we kind of forget to reflect on who we are and what we want. 
And as the overachieving survivor, you've kind of thrown yourself into some goal pursuits, right? You are, you are focused on getting this thing done and you're particularly at risk to never have paused and said like, is this goal the thing I really want? Is this what I really need in order to have a good life? So one thing that can happen to us is we, we build and we pursue these dreams and those dreams are not really in alignment with who we are. Right. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, that you've built something that you've worked really hard to create something and you are rightfully proud of that thing. But when you step back and you think like, you know, when I was 18 and I was trying to decide what the next step was, I just jumped into this one because I didn't, I didn't take that moment to say, well, what about, what about me? What do I actually want? And over time, as you, you know, you maybe realize that some of the people early in your life were toxic or you encounter these toxic romantic partners and maybe some of your ideas, some of the way you understood your past changes, right? That can impact who you are. And therefore it can impact how your dreams are in alignment with who you are. If we're really tunnel vision on those goals, that makes us a little bit less flexible to adapt to changes in our own selves, right? And to changes of like how the healing has shifted our way of thinking and approaching the world or how, you know, this particular goal may have been set up by somebody who shouldn't have been calling the shots, right? Like maybe a toxic parent. So when we're, when we're in this tunnel vision kind of mode that we we're running a risk of building something that maybe we can be proud of. Certainly if you've, if you've climbed the corporate ladder, whether that was something in your heart of hearts that you wanted to do or not, that's a really difficult thing to do. And you should be proud of that work. Absolutely. But the thriving survivor not only holds on to the, the pride and the accomplishments right? But is also curious and willing to renegotiate when it's clear to them that what they want and need has shifted. We really want to create a dream of the future, a vision of the future that, that calls to who we are right now. Sometimes who we are is going to shift. That's what it's like to be healing, Right. Over time, you know, one thing is going to have made a whole bunch of sense. And then another thing is going to make a whole bunch of sense. And we want to create a, a dream, a vision that allows for that kind of flexibility so that we can stay in alignment with who we really are. For those of us who've developed the very useful skill of tunnel vision on our goals, this is this provides a real challenge because we might feel like a failure if we shift away from the original goal that we identified, right? We, our perfectionism might jump in and be like, if I don't make it all the way to CEO of a corporate, you know, fortune 500 company, I'm, I'm haven't made it. I haven't done the thing. Even when in our heart of hearts, we know that the, the spaces we're having to be in in order to achieve that goal are toxic and are harming us and are triggering us from the things we haven't dealt with in the past. We really need, 
we really need to have some flexibility and work through those feelings of perfection and failure and make sure that you are pursuing the thing because it's what you really want and not because your fear of failure is preventing you from choosing a different path. So, so how do you do that? Like, you know, it's, it sounds good. It sounds good to be like, Oh yeah, I want my dreams to be in alignment with who I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, how do you actually do that thing? Well, honestly, I think the best way to do it is to talk it out with someone who has, has kind of crossed this path right? Like I'm a survivor who definitely had this overachieving tendency. I'm a survivor who, you know, I felt all those feelings of failure and these things when I, when I really had to reconcile with working in the academy is actually not what's good for me or what I want in my life. I had huge, huge things to work through there. And since I've crossed that kind of territory, now I actually have a pretty keen eye when I see, when I see survivors, you know, the way they talk about their work or the way they talk about whatever goal they're pursuing, I can hear when there's this really heavy baggage around, like, I don't really want to be doing this, but I feel like I have to, I don't really want to continue working at this job, but I feel like there's no other way. I can, I can hear that. And it, it makes me really curious to explore what, what thing about the situation felt good originally, right? How did, how did we get to this place and how can we adjust so that you still get the things done that you need to like paying the bills, doing all that kind of stuff, but you can live more in alignment with what you actually want with the dream of the future that you actually want to pursue. So if you're, if you're concerned that maybe you're an overachieving survivor and you're the thing you're pursuing with this very clear tunnel vision, you know, diligent focus, um, maybe it's, it's not actually serving you. Maybe it's undermining your healing journey a bit. You know, I'd really, I'd invite you to reach out to me. You know, you can email me, Dr. Louise at empowermentthroughthought.com. You can hit me up on Instagram. I'm just empowerment through thought over there. You know, I, I'd love to chat with you about where you are in your process and how I might be able to help you so that you can still honor all of the hard work that you have done, all of the amazing things that you have managed to accomplish, but without sacrificing the things that you need and deserve as a survivor of toxic people. So I hope I hear from you soon and thank you so much for listening. I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.